the son of God. Yes, he was God in the flesh. God, the creator of heaven and earth. Who is the spirit. Came into this world. Took flesh and blood. Because the only way. You and I can be delivered from the fear of death is by God coming and defeating death and the grave. So, I believe in you. You are the Son of God. You came into this world. Died for my sins on the cross. You were buried. And you were raised from the dead. How are you all doing this morning? I tell people that's the only southern that I know. And I introduce myself this way. Some of you know me for many years. For others, I'm a new guy, alien from outer space. So I want to introduce myself. The first 30 years of my life I spent in India as a pastor, evangelist, church planter, worship leader, multiple jobs, many hats. And then I came to Southeastern Seminary. And uh, that was really uh, in 1996, quite a few years ago. That's where I met your pastor, Jared Scott, and his wonderful dad, Pastor Shannon Scott, and the family. And we are like friends and family. Uh, and um, then um, pastored a church out there in Southside, Virginia, Clarksville. Don't miss the last train if you want to get there. And uh, small town, uh, kind of 5,000 people. And uh, our church was kind of seven miles into the middle of nowhere in a farm, Gravel Hill Baptist Church. They never had a member with a tan like me. And uh, I was their pastor. You know, go figure, God still sends people to the mission field, even to America, right? Four glorious years, and uh, they just adopted us like family, loved on us. But then God put on our heart, you know, other churches were looking at us to be their pastor. But God put on our hearts that when 40,000 people die, every day in India, without hearing the gospel, a majority of them. Where should I invest my life the most? And so we launched into what we call AIM now, Alpha International Ministries, had a board that was set up in order to reach the nations, and especially India, which is the largest nation right now, open to the gospel, and the doors are shutting fast, and we want to do all we can to reach that nation 
and many other nations that we will be talking about. We are in uh, Tanzania, Africa. That's where you saw the crusade. And everywhere we go, we go to some of the hardest places. That's in a Muslim neighborhood. And therefore, we preach the gospel very aggressively. Uh, because the very next week after we do our crusades, the Muslims come out and teach from Quran what we taught wrong from the Bible. So, uh, but hundreds are coming to the Lord. Western Nepal, that's the largest crowd that they've ever had of any kind. And you know that crusade was sponsored or promoted by a Hindu businessman. Go figure, God has a way of getting the gospel out. So just seeing those videos, just want to remind you that we are here, Green Pines Baptist Church. We, uh, you know, we think we are the world. No, there's a world out there. There are millions out there. And God has made us a part of His family around the world. And more people are coming to Christ than ever before in any other century. So we got to be excited and we've got to do all the best we can to reach the nations with the Lord Jesus Christ. That excites us. That keeps us moving. So... Um, uh, moved over to, uh, to um, you know, when we wanted to take our family back to India after I resigned from the church. Uh, we formed this board uh, of directors here in the United States. Our organization is a 513C organization and managed by our board. So I took my family over to India. I wanted not them to not only taste curry, which we made at home, but we wanted them to give a taste and, of the sound and the smell and the cows on the street. And, and um, it was kind of torture for them because they had to learn all kinds of, um, you know, geography, different names that are Ahmedabad, Rajkot. I mean, this, these are not, you know, we talk about Atlanta and other stuff. That's what the history they knew. And, uh, and then do math and science, which is at a very high grade. And above all, their persecution was back in northern India, beef is not legal. So they had no hamburgers. That's suffering, right, folks? And uh, so we wanted to take them, have a heart for world missions, and that's why I tried to take them around wherever I can, be a small influence in their lives so they can see the world like Jesus does. That changes everything, folks, when we see, look at the world like Jesus does. And with that kind of optimism that he has people in every nation, tribe, and tongue, and we got to go out and call them out. And that's our great job. Uh, being on the winning side. So we were in India for two years, and then we chose to come back to the great state of Texas. We've been based there for about nine years, and we are thinking of moving back to North Carolina shortly. So we are coming back home here. But uh, so I tell people, you know, my English is uh, really mixed up because I learned my English in India. I've got some English, Indian accent, which I've never gotten rid of. But living in the South, I picked up a little Southern, right? And being in Texas, you got to learn Texan. Ask me which is the hardest of all these languages I learned. Texan. I'm not really, really working on it, by the way. So for the next 30 or so minutes that I want to share with you a message that is very close to my heart. And I want that message to be your mission. A life lived without a mission is an empty life. It's the most, you know, most useless life you can ever live. And God has given us an eternal mission. And that's what I'm a part of. I wanted you to be a part of. I want to thank my uh, friend, Pastor Jared, and uh, his wonderful wife, Julie, and their precious children, our friendship over the years. And I just want to let you know, folks, you have prayed for us. Many of you are sponsoring our children, our pastors. Many of you, you know, the church has given from their budget and even for this conference. And those videos should remind you that your efforts and your giving, what you are doing, 
we, you have a big part in what God is doing through AIM as we reach the nations with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's amazing what God is doing. In the last 10 years, we've had some of the greatest of results. 10 years. We started this crusades. Uh, we were trained by the Billy Graham Association. Will Graham, Billy Graham's grandson, who is the vice president of the BGA now, he and I, we were trained together. And uh, then we launched this crusade. We invited him over there. Over the last 10 years, we have done on our own now over a million people have come to our crusades to hear the gospel. Isn't that amazing? Tens and thousands have come uh, to, to Christ through those crusades. In some of the most hardest places, we cannot have that kind of crowd, but it's the hand of God you know, that works with us, and, and your prayers work. Over 10,000 pastors and leaders, over, Pastor Jared has been on several of those with us in the last 10 years. And then we work with more than 1,500 children in the nations of the world. It's been amazing what God has done in the last 10 years. My dad, who is 75, and, um, you know, we think of retirement and uh, playing a little bit more golf and all that. My dad's favorite thing is to go and preach the gospel still. Live in those mud houses, preach the gospel. He's baptized over 7,000 people in the last 10 years alone, single-handedly, in dirty, the dirty ponds of India, not fancy baptistry. So he still lives with a passion for the gospel. So I want to excite you and let you know, folks, you've been a part of our lives. You've been a part of the ministry that you're seeing. And we want you to be part of us and praying for us like never before. Because in India, there's a change in government. If you've been following the news, and there's a large-scale effort to persecute Christians. And because our prime minister is one of the top five influential people in the world, we are in competition with China to be the largest economy and superpower in that area. He wants to court all kinds of business. So outwardly, he's a savvy businessman and growing the economy of the country. On the flip side, he's got his part and is the poster child of the radical Hindu group, which is, has about 800 million people in India out of the 1.2 billion people. And they are going out funded and also just because he doesn't want a bad name, yes, they are burning churches. Some of our pastors beaten up recently. One of our pastors preaching the gospel from village to village was hit with a stick on his head. His head split wide open and he's got a bandage and you will see that in our next newsletter if you have signed up and there's a sign-up sheet if you want to sign up. Amazing. This guy doesn't quit. You know, he still wants to preach with his hand his hand bandaged and all that. So he takes his son, rides, him on the motor, rides on the motorcycle with him, and goes to the villages and continues to preach the gospel. Isn't that amazing? The zeal, the passion these people have. So, um, so, uh, so God is doing an amazing work. And, and uh, there's a table in the back, and you will find some resources there. There's a newsletter with a good-looking Indian in the front. And uh, we always remind you he's out there. But you will read stories like this, stories of how God is working just like in the first century. Read it with your children. We recommend you. Let them hear what God is doing. Sometimes we don't see God's power active, but in hostile places, just like in the days of Acts, you see great things happening. So please take a moment. Don't rush. Uh, sign up for a newsletter. My son Charlie will be out giving out newsletters out there. Grab one and read through it. Go on our website. We send more e-newsletters than hard copies, and you will receive e-newsletters. Also, you have an opportunity to personally make a difference. With a small amount of funds, you can impact the life of a child. $30 a month. That's about a dollar a day. You can sponsor a child. And we have nearly 200 children waiting for sponsors. We brought several of them over here. Some of you don't want to be bothered with sponsoring a child. If God lays on your heart, you're impressed that you want to give an amount designated to 
the Grace Children, uh, Giving Children Hope Ministry, then what we do is use it for the children that are unsponsored. And many of our uh, donors have done that. But this is amazing. We talk about terrorism. We talk about those people, those guys in France who have nothing to lose. Nobody loves them. Nobody cares for them. Guess what you do? You empower them. You tell them you are something. And you can make the headlines and you can do something for Allah. So strap a bomb on them or give them some guns. They feel empowered and loved and go out and and they feel like they have a mission in life. And there are over 200 million children in India. Their lives are at stake. And about 100 million are up for grabs. 100 million. They're on the streets begging, working in tea stores, trying something to get out of the poverty that they are in. And guess what? Radical elements can easily influence them. The best way we can counter terrorism and also many of these mothers that are left with very little, they want to feed their children. A mom doesn't want a child to starve. And they get into all the human trafficking because just because for survival. Because there's no one to care for them. We believe in prevention before the cure. We can go in And what a better way than to reach these children with the love of Jesus and teach them the word of God so they can love the world like Jesus did. It's a tremendous opportunity before us. And it's a very simple process. You can take, pick a child and fill up a form in the back. Please hand that form back to the table uh, with your information because we want to know where this particular child is gone. Our office women who handle this package are very jealous of their children. So I have to give an account. Where did the kids go? So uh, you will find a table, make, uh, take a moment, and, uh, and, and help, us, help us with these children. That will be a small way to impact our world for Christ. I want to thank God once again for Pastor Jared. And I heard he finished over 10 years in ministry. Isn't that amazing? And he deserves a big hand for the wonderful gentleman that he is and his wife. You know, they are a big part, you know, as you know, and my wife of 26 years have been a part of. So God bless you and continue to use you in this great church. And many of you know us well, and we appreciate you so much. And uh, we get to stay at the Norris's, you know, you know uh, five-star hotel right there, their house. And uh, my dad tells me, Finney, you stay in five-star hotels? You can't beat me. You know where I stay? Million-star homes. Out in the boondocks, 70% of India lives in kind of pretty much mud houses, no running water. So he's, they give him a cot, you know, you have to, after he baptized 50, 100 people. And he's sleeping under the cot and looking at the millions of stars up there. He says, any I sleep under the million stars, you can't beat me. But uh, those who have served and gone before us, you know, this is the first time I've come here since Mr. Phil Shuritz had been with the Lord, a wonderful man that uh, has a tremendous heart. So are many of you that have given your lives to this church and to the mission around the world. So we appreciate them and Mary. Uh, we've been praying for God's comfort and strength. And we love you. We appreciate you. We thank you so much. My message titled, Mission Possible. When we look at our world, we got to look at the world with Jesus' eyes. Nearly 7 billion people on planet Earth. 7 billion. An estimated 3.5 billion people have never been exposed to the gospel we hear every Sunday after Sunday. And watch it, folks. To whom much is given, much shall be required. Let's not take the gospel for granted. Narrow it down a little bit more. 
About 1.2 billion people in India, take India as a case study. And nearly 700 million plus people in India alone have never been exposed to the gospel. Most of them living in the villages where nobody wants to go. The village comes to the city. And that's the reason many of those villages are not reached. Narrow it down a little bit more. 600,000 villages in India. And about 500,000 of them have no gospel witness. You'll say, Finney, you're telling me after 2,000 years of missions we've heard. Why is the world still not reached? Why is that massive number of people that are unreached with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Read Joshua Project, and we are mapping the unreached people groups of the world. China has a little bit more population than India, 1.3 billion. But China has only nearly 455 people groups, out of which 425 needs to be reached. You know how many people groups are in India? About, 10, about five times more than China. More than 4,500 unreached people groups. And out of which 4,033 have never heard the gospel. Large number of people. And when Jesus said, you will leave the 99 righteous to go after the one. And our mission strategy should be, not because I'm from India, I'm talking about this. I don't want to work in India. Working in India is extremely hard. Will Graham just does crusade in India through Billy Graham Association. He said, working in India is a nightmare to work with the government and the radical groups that want to shut you down. But God's grace, this year we are celebrating 50 years of being in northern India. My dad's ministry in northern India. That is amazing what God has done. God's sovereign hand has protected us and he has made this mission possible. So we are amazed by it and we are, you know, we take heart and faith about the future because of what God has done in the past. So when we look at the world, there's, there's a tremendous need out there. And how are we going to fulfill this? To a human mind, all these numbers and statistics are dawning. It's a mission Im- impossible. Like the fake mission Tom Cruise goes on. But we are given a mission possible. And let's turn to our Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. That's going to be my text. Matthew chapter 9. Verses 35 to 38. Matthew 9, 35 to 38. This is pretty much a summary of what Jesus did during the three and a half years of his ministry on planet earth. Encapsulates pretty much what he did. Matthew 9, 35 to 38. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages. See that? All the cities and and the villages. And just want to point you there. That's why we have not reached the world. That's why we have not reached India after all these years. Is because we have neglected a cross-section of the society. That's the villages. The 500,000 that are yet waiting to hear the gospel. Jesus went about all cities and villages. Teaching in their synagogues. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude. See he saw the multitudes. We got to see the world with Jesus' eyes. What happened? He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, he's speaking to us now, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Verse 38, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his Harvest. May God bless the reading of his word. Three reasons why I believe the task of reaching the nations 
Hopefully in our lifetime is a mission possible. First reason, mission is possible because we can go and preach the gospel or share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Jesus. This is what he did. He could have done what I think would have, could have been done. You know, you know, traveling is not easy. I go about five times overseas on long, long flights. And we are trying to do missions also in South America now. We're starting Peru this year and hopefully other nations. What we want to provide them is the pastoral training and the structure that they need. It's not just hit and run evangelism or doing a few things to help the people. But the final goal of missions is church planning. And that's what we are trying to emphasize there with the, with the experience that we have in India to take it to other nations. And I was with Wayne Husk, one of your uh, former church members in China, and we have an initiative that you're working on between India and China, we will reach half of the world, you know, more than half of the world, and more than three quarters of the unreached people groups in the world, right? God is amazing. And uh, by the way, Chad and Amanda, we talked to them uh, quite a few times over the phone, and I had the opportunity to Skype them and see little Michael uh, of Fireball. You know, he speaks better Arabic than their, his parents do, right? So it's just amazing what God is doing even through these missionaries that you send out around the world and we appreciate that so very much. Jesus could have built a beautiful sanctuary like the Crystal Cathedral. By the way, it closed down this end. Air-conditioned, germ-free, mosquito-free and that's a problem in India. Mosquitoes not only bite you, they give you malaria. You don't want that. And he could have sat in one place and asked the people to go out and bring people in so that they could come and hear the gospel of the kingdom that he had to preach. He did not do that. Jesus went where people were. He traveled. Most of the time he didn't have a vehicle. The only time we hear that he traveled on anything, rode anything, was a donkey. But that did not deter him. Three and a half years of his life, he went to the cities and to the villages. Every cross-section of the society. Because all people have one thing in common. They are lost without God and without the gospel. And we need to take the gospel to them. That's as simple as that. So he did that. And not only he did that. In the 10th chapter of Matthew, he calls the disciples. He says, hey, you know the biggest sport in America is not... Football, and by the way, we are looking forward to watching it some today, even though Cowboys lost. The biggest sport in America is spectator sport. We like to watch things with a bag full of Doritos, you know, not, and just watch it rather than play it. Jesus says, I don't want you to be spectators. I want you to be part of the action. In Matthew chapter 10, he sends the 12. In fact, in Luke 10, it says he sends the 70. He said, you have seen me do this. Now you go and share the good news and bring people to the kingdom. Isn't that amazing? And watch this. It doesn't just end there. The disciples did that and it's okay. He, the progression here is Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. Guess what? The Great Commission is given to each and every one. Every member at Green Pines Baptist Church and every person in India, nations of the world, we are all given this mandate and we should all know it by heart. And so if you know it, you can, you know, you know, reside with me. Go therefore, all authority and heaven on earth is given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always until the end of the age. I talk too fast. But I have very little time and covered a lot of grounds. Hey, our kids would amaze you. Some of these children that you sponsor, they can... They memorize over 70 scriptures at one time. They can, they can just tell you scriptures after scriptures. God's word implanted in their heart. That's just amazing what the difference God is making. But that's the mandate given to every child of God. No one can say, 
I don't have the responsibility of sharing the greatest story ever told. I have the responsibility of talking about the lover of my soul, my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of us in the capacity that is given to us. Not everyone is called to preach a crusade. Not everyone is taught to teach a class, but through your life. And by you've got to in some way open your mouth and share who Christ is, how He came, He died, was buried, and rose again from the dead. The gospel is simple, and it has the power to save. And not only, you know, I've seen Scripture mandate us, and, and I, I've seen you know, God do amazing, amazing things in Scripture, but personally, I lived on the mission field. I grew in the mission field and saw mission, the power of missions happening before my own eyes. Some of you know our story. My parents were raised in the southern part of India, deep south, as deep as you can go towards the ocean. Uh, you know, India has a shape of a cone in the, in the south. So, I'm a southerner from India. You cannot hate me. You got to love me. Southerner from India, living in the south. Can't beat that. If Texas is the south, or I'm moving to the south again. But My parents were raised in a state where there are 35% Christians. It's a little Hawaii and Virginia kind of mixed. Rolling hills, coconut trees everywhere. And uh, fish and rice is their staple because there are streams everywhere. And I sometimes used to tell our parents, you know, why did you just stay there and do missions? Why did you have to leave that state, right? <laughs> but uh, they were raised in 35% Christians, so there are churches in every nook and corner. But 50 years ago, God touched this young pastor's heart. He said, yes, there are a lot of Christians in the south, but what about northern India? Who's taking the gospel to them? There was no, not many answers to that. And he said, the great commission is given to us. I need to do something about it. And 50 years ago, it was a journey many people won't be able to take. I, even today, I go to my parents and say, how did you do that? Because you cross a state boundary in India, you speak a different language. So they traveled three nights and three days by train, took their one-year-old son, came to a state not knowing their language, not knowing anybody, nobody to help them, and started a work by faith 50 years ago. For 18 to 20 years, the man that you're looking at talking to you went hungry to bed many times, crying and complaining at times. All my parents could have done was take their family, put them in a train, go back to the south, to the country of coconut, rice, and fish. Nobody was forcing them to stay there, but there was a passion in their heart to fulfill the Great Commission. And guess what? As I told you the statistics, the last 10 years have been amazing. Missions is possible. We can reach the nations with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel still saves. It has the power. And therefore, we should go and share wherever we can across the street and around the world. Results belong to God. I like... Uh, the definition of uh, Campus Crusade for Christ. Preach the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit and leave the results to God. And that's how we get the job done. And God is saving many people. Second reason why I believe missions is possible is because we can pray. Everybody say, pray. Look at the text over here. Multitudes of people follow Jesus all the time. And imagine being in Jesus' evangelistic team, okay? you following Jesus. Crowds are coming to Jesus. Jesus is teaching them. And then... He heals the people, as the scripture says. And we take medical teams and continue to provide the healing touch of Jesus to the masses. That's why we do the medical camps. 
The blind come to him, never seen living colors. The stained glass that you see, and Jesus touches, and they see living colors for the first time in their life. The lame come to him, never walk straight in their lifetime. Jesus reaches out and touches them. They go by walking and leaping and praising the Lord. And if I was there in that crowd, loud Finney would have said, Jesus, wow, Jesus, what a miracle. Do some more. Come on, raise the dead, Jesus. Show us some more. But when he saw the multitudes of people, Jesus' heart broke because he looked beyond the veneer that we see and we forget. He looked deep into their soul and they were lost without God going to eternity. Harassed by the devil. Along the hillside they were lying. Sheep without a shepherd. So watch this. Imagine this is the crowd that follows Jesus. Okay, Thousands of them. And then you are the disciples. And I want you to get this. This is so important. The big missing link in world missions. He looks at the multitudes. It breaks his heart. And you know he's moved with compassion. And compassion is not just pity. Compassion is God breaking your heart with the things that breaks his heart. And you and I doing everything in our power to make a difference. Compassion that does not move into action is not Christian compassion, by the way. The crowd is out there and Jesus' heart breaks. He takes his attention away from the crowd. He turns to his disciples and he has very some, something very important to communicate to them. He says, look, the harvest is plentiful, but the dilemma is the laborers are few. And guess what he asks the church to do and you and I to do? Therefore, pray unto the Lord of the harvest. He's asking us to pray. Pray to send our laborers into the harvest field. And that word pray over there is a very, the original language. It's not the dinner table prayer, the two or five minutes with plenty of food there and we just pray and that's all we pray. That's not the word over there. That word pray over there means to beseech, to plead, to beg the Lord of the harvest. John Knox, the Scottish reformer, he cried out to God, Lord, give me Scotland, lest I die. That is praying with a passion, not only for our own personal need, but God chooses to use your prayers to touch the nations. Yes, we need to share where we can, but some of you cannot travel. Guess the most powerful force in world missions is prayer. When you and I, where we are, without a passport, getting on a flight, Bowing on your knees, or if you cannot, sitting where you are and pleading the Lord of the harvest, Lord, send laborers into the harvest field. And God chooses to use your prayer to send out people in America and around the world as laborers to bring in the harvest field. So next time when you go to Walmart, where everything is low price, invest in something really cheap called the globe. And roll and look at the nations. I love to look at world map. And I pray over the world map. And I, I look at it and you know, I see it with the eyes of Jesus. I need to take the gospel here. There are so many states in India yet to hear the gospel. I need to go there. I need to go to nations where the gospel is needed the most. That's how you see the world. And you've got to be moved to pray. And when you pray, God will get his laborers to go and get the job done. Amen. Pray ye therefore. Please, if you don't do anything for aim... If you will just sign up and say, we're going to pray for you. Just keep us, give us the prayer request. We're going to pray for you. That's the greatest investment you make. And our ministry, my dad, 
even today, spends two hours in prayer. I've never seen a man pray more than he did. He does. Still praying for the nations and prayer has undergirded us and brought us thus far. Third reason why I believe missions is possible is because we can sin. Pray therefore, Jesus said in verse 38, the Lord of the harvest that he may send out labors into the harvest field. God is the one who sends out people. He uses your prayer, but also as God calls people to go, you and I have the responsibility of standing with them to send them where they are going. I wish American Airlines, which is supposed to be the largest airline now merging with U.S. Airways, because I'm a missionary or an evangelist, would give me a free ticket to go to India every time I go. Go, I mean, are you kidding me? No way, Jose, right? It takes resources. And this is the part God says we are called to do. Not only we are called to go where we can go, pray whenever we can pray. And sending is the third part. God uses the resources that He invests in us, some of you more than others, that we can share those resources, and those resources are invested into ministries and people and pastors who are going out and reaching the world, helping fulfill the Great Commission. And that's why God has blessed us. We live in, on the greatest nation planet Earth has ever seen, the United States of America, with all our challenges. And I believe God has blessed us so that we can be a massive and we are. You know, you know what? 90% of all missions happens out of the funds sent out of the United States of America. So when there is a lot of America bashing, remember, you are, we are number one in sending you know, the mission dollars that helps the nations come to the Lord Jesus Christ. But guess what? Only 10% of all missions money or any money that is given to a church goes out of this country. How much more can we do if it is 20, 30, 50%? How much more can the gospel reach? And that's one of the missing links, very sadly. There are people not going where they should be going. There are people not praying, but also there are not people investing where the gospel is needed the most. And God uses that to take the job done. And about $100, imagine. You know, you've got to invest wisely. A month can support an Indian pastor and send him places I cannot go because I'm a city boy. There are 18 official languages out of which I speak three. I don't read one of them. That's not all. There are 1,500 dialects, which are languages in itself without a written script. I don't speak any of those. So I use a translator in the dialects of the state language I speak fluently. I'm preaching a crusade end of this month. Pray for us. And I'll have an interpreter in the state of Gujarat. I speak Gujarati, but I don't speak Gavit. So I need an interpreter to reach them. Living in those harsh conditions, mud houses, I cannot do that. The only way we can do that, and that's been the, another missing link, is we have to invest in those national pastors. That's why our main focus, we love the crusades, we love the children's ministry, and we are raising children up in the word of God to be future missionaries. But right now, the big need is these pastors that are waiting to be sent, please send us. Pastors that are willing to give their life. You will read the story, persecuted but not abandoned in this newsletter. A pastor who came from a Hindu background got converted. His father initiated this because it's a shame that he has left 
their, the religion of their forefathers and have converted into Christianity, he arranged gangs to beat him twice. He said, it's better that he dies than lives. Left to death twice. Left to die twice. But guess what? He continues to preach the gospel. Even today when you see Govind, he has a smile on his face. And he'll, we are, we'll thinking of inviting him when we go to the Bible college. And we have a Bible college. We have so many things happening. I don't even know how to share that in 30 minutes. Guess what happened in Govind's life? He kept preaching the gospel even after that. And last year, a widow, retired IMB missionary, invested in $7,000 in planning, constructing a village church. The power of sending, folks. And guess what? There are people worshipping. Not only Pastor Govind has a little home to live in, his parents thought that this guy has become a Christian. He's a loser. He's never going to have a family. One of our pastor's daughter married him. Beautiful lady. They have two precious daughters. You've got to see their pictures. One of the cutest kids that I've seen. And while I was there dedicating this church, his father and his parents were there in wonder how God had blessed this man who had left the Hindu faith to preach the gospel. And he had beaten twice, left to die. Persecuted, but not abandoned. They're saying, send us $1,200. We'll get a bicycle and a motorcycle and go to places nobody else can go. Give us a bicycle, $100. Drill, drill a water well so we can give clean water, but also share the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the power of sending. Missions is possible because we can go, we can pray, we can send. And as we live a life on planet earth, remember, earth, life is short and eternity awaits us. And everything that, you know, there's nothing wrong with being successful. Nothing wrong with being blessed. Okay, God blesses the works of our hands and He gives us power to make wealth. But our biggest investment when you look at our portfolio is not just our retirement. In our portfolio, how much are we sending? Because one day we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. When the role is called, I will give an account of my life and you will give an account of your life. Finney will come up. Finney come up and I'll, I'll go to Jesus and say, look at this. I was a poor preacher in India. I went and got smart, got my master's in divinity. Here's my certificate, Jesus. You guess what? I won't be able to take my certificate there. Some of you will say, you know, everyone, you know, I was smart, invested on the right time. I've got this beautiful mansion. As I said, nothing wrong with God. God has blessed you. Look at my fancy car. You know, none of these things these are all good for this life. We can take into eternity. First Corinthians 3 says, everything goes through fire and the fire shall consume it. Only thing you're taking into eternity is what you've invested in God's kingdom. That is counted in eternity. And therefore, let our lives be counted as we go, as we pray, as we sin. And as the world is unraveling all around us in America and around the world, political situation, economic uh, you know, trouble that is out there and, uh, and the big crisis in the Middle East, ISIS and the crisis there. And many of us wonder what's going to happen to our children and to our grandchildren. Yes, I'm concerned too. But above that, my eyes are not just fixed on what the terrorists are doing. My eyes are fixed on Jesus and what He's doing on planet Earth. And I, my eyes are so fixed that yes, there are challenges. Yes, it creates worry in my, in my soul. But I'm looking at Jesus Christ spreading the eastern sky, coming back to establish His kingdom because my destiny is secure in Christ. I am bound for heaven and no terrorist can stop me. Amen. That is the gospel that we have. Let's share. Let's pray. And let's send. Let's pray.